Episode 158 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Phelan. And I'm your co-host, Joel Phelan. And we are back and ready to do a few special episodes before we go into a bit of a hiatus as I go house hunting for my next living space in a couple weeks. But yeah. For the next, I think we're going to release maybe six or seven episodes over the next few weeks, just with single individual reviews of some bigger movies that have come out on Redbox of late, and we'll do a top five for each show, and as you can see by the title of this podcast, we'll be reviewing The Big Short, and we'll be doing our top five Ryan Gosling films. Sound exciting? Very excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to do the top five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this will be an interesting experiment. It's just uh, the best we could do to try to get some content out there in the meantime. But hey, maybe if if you hear it and you like this better, let us know. And maybe it's something we can take into account. I mean, when yeah. I'm listening to a podcast, I actually prefer the longer the better. But maybe that's just because of the way I listen to them and all. But if yeah, we're just trying. I, I mean, things. I agree with you. I I like when I watch podcasts. I like the long form. But I have noticed, like sometimes when I was working, uh, some of them like chop up the podcasts. I guess, and I do find myself watching those sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm willing um, to, you know, try different things to see what if anything sparks or has a better flow or whatever. Maybe stick a couple of the shorter episodes on our YouTube channel. We'll see what we can do. Yeah. I you know, one cool thing I did see one podcast, they put on the long form version, they put the times that each topic like started. Oh yeah, I did not have time to do that. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I mean I probably <laughs> could do that, but uh, uh, the less editing, the better, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, that definitely would well, take like, a little more attention to detail. Like, say, YouTube or whatever, it was like one of those things. Where yeah, yeah. It's like a link directly to so the bar could, yeah, or whatever. I got you. But yeah. Anyway. I mean, that would be awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, and then after a few of these single-handed reviews, we have a little special. We're, we're planning a little experiment. That uh, when the time comes, you'll see what we're talking about. But hoping it could potentially be a yearly thing. We'll have to see how it goes. Yeah, but, uh, it's going to be madness. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. But before we get into the big short, I would like to say, did you see the Star Wars Rogue One trailer that came out today? Yes, I did. Well, let's do a little impromptu prejudgment day then, because I loved it. Did you? Yeah. What would you think? I, I mean, I wasn't... Um... I was blown away just the fact that it was Star Wars. Yeah, but, it uh, is weird just to see like stormtroopers and stuff in a yeah, different uh, context. Yeah, it's it's cool that we're actually getting to see some of the expanded universe. But uh, I don't know. I it didn't 
blow me away, but I am very excited to see this movie still. So yeah. I couldn't say anything negative about it. It was really short. It was. It was more of a teaser. But yeah. um, it was my number one most anticipated movie when we did that top five a few months ago. This did nothing to take that away. I, d- I like, um, what's her name? The lead. Oh, shoot. Yeah, um, what's she from? Something sure, right? Theory of Everything and... Yeah, hey, I can't remember. Tongue. She looks maybe. like Emily Blunt a little bit. <laughs> uh, maybe. I forget but what show uh, my brother was saying she was in. Nothing I watch, but... It's Felicity Jones. Yeah, Felicity Jones. That's and, uh, yeah, she she looks really good in this role. I like how it's a period piece, almost, in a fictional of a fictional world. Like, it takes place before episode four. So they had to make yeah. it look like that. Pretty cool. Um, ben Mendelsohn looked awesome in his white cape. Yeah. I don't know. Forrest Whitaker. Yeah, he looked pretty cool. This is the bounty hunters. I don't know. It just seems... And I, you know they, they left out a ton of stuff. Ah, oh, for sure. Like, uh, I watched another video where they kind of, like, pause things, and there is actually a decent amount of... The one droid is, like, a uh, screen-captured person, or whatever you call them, motion. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really feature him, but he's in a few of the scenes. Um, Forrest Whitaker, and he has... He almost has, like, a pilot get-up, if you really mm-hmm. look closely he's got like a breather and stuff like that yeah and all the different stormtroopers were cool like uh i don't know if you noticed at one point they they had like the speeder stormtroopers yeah i love the variety sand camo yeah it's pretty cool for sure and i like that the director is the guy that did godzilla the new godzilla which i can't remember if me and you reviewed that or if me and casey did but either way like the the spectacle of the movie was great. Like when Godzilla, the scope of that was well, very well done. I wasn't as big on the in-between parts, but uh, that's a pretty good sign for this big action movie. And I, I like the tone just from what was shown. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I'll give it a 9 out of 10 pre-judge. I'll give this particular trailer an 8.5 out of 10. Nice. <laughs> But a 10 for anticipation. Yes, there you go. Let's get into the big short. This was the movie about the housing crisis, directed by Adam McKay, starring Christian Bale, Brad Pitt, Steve Carell, and of course, Ryan Gosling. Had a 88% on Rotten Tomatoes, was nominated for five Academy Awards, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actor for Christian Bale, Best film editing and it won best adapted screenplay. So, wow. pretty uh, high expectations for me coming into this. Even though I've heard some mixed things, I've heard people that didn't like it. I've heard people that did. How about you? Um. Yeah, I kind of heard mixed thing. I heard it was basically an above average movie, but some people don't like it. Some people do. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I didn't have too much anticipation going into the movie, but I mean, I was looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, for sure. So. I mean, with this cast, we we talked about the trailer when it came out. Looked pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I like the topic too. It's something I'm interested in, and there's a 
the name eludes me at the moment. There's a really good um, documentary that's pretty similar to what this movie's about. Hmm. Do you know uh, what it's, it's called? It's really, really well done. I, I, when it comes to me, I'm trying <laughs> to look it up. Yeah. But anyway, it's a really high-quality documentary, like a lot of production quality, and it's not necessarily as focused as the movie is on particular people, but it explains essentially the same thing. Gotcha. Yeah, this is uh, adapted from The Big Short, the book by Michael Lewis, which he's the writer of Moneyball, which was another movie people said, uh, I mean, a book that people said couldn't be adapted into a movie. When I heard that this was like one of the front runners for Best Picture, before I'd even seen it, I thought that was a little curious. And I found it a little hard to believe just from what I'd seen of it and compared to what else was, you know, in the running. After watching the movie, if this would have won Best Picture, I would have been shocked. <laughs> like, I would not have been happy about that. I don't know. To me, this movie was very uh, disappointing. Really? Yeah. I. It was okay. I didn't hate it. But just based off all the accolades and and, and reviews or whatever... I was pretty disappointed. I just um, thought it was pretty bland. Altogether. I mean, yeah, it's not the best movie in the world, but I like how it's... I like the, the crew, or the cast and all that. Um, and to be honest, like, I knew of some of the Oscar nominations. Like, I didn't disagree with it being nominated, but I thought it was an outside movie like it didn't really have a chance of actually winning you know what i mean mm -hmm. but sort of like in horse racing like a lot of horses in those big races they enter know that knowing they can't win but the prestige of having the quote-unquote like a uh, nomination or yeah, whatever yeah. well from what i heard it was between spotlight the revenant and the big short and i think the revenant was the favorite then spotlight and then big short which really just crazy to me. I don't know. Maybe See, I would put Hateful Eight as a better chance than most of those movies, honestly. But that's it my wasn't even movie. nominated. Unbelievable. But we'll get to that at yeah. some point down the road here. Um, yeah, I just thought it was pretty ugly visually. I mean, it was very dull. It didn't have like a good uh, visual style or anything. It was by the books. Well, this is the director of comedies like Anchorman, so maybe that's to be expected. He's not exactly a cinematic director. Yeah, uh, I guess if you go into the movie really wanting an anchored story where you follow people and, or like you assume, it's essentially three different stories about the same thing, groups yeah. of people-wise. And I guess most movies you would expect them to intersect at some point which uh i guess in ryan gosling's case that is true but yeah i guess so yeah you got um christian bale is like this peculiar uh business guy or housing guy who <laughs> plays the drums in his house and he is an odd character yeah basically well everyone almost almost everyone in the movie is but yeah, he's like a lone wolf who knows better than everybody. Steve Carell yeah. is like a guy who 
just almost like a do-gooder, I would say, in this particular market. He just wants to expose people for, you know, the shit they're doing that isn't right, I guess. Yeah. And then Brad Pitt's probably in it the least, and he's more of like an advisor to these two younger guys, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's a guy that knows enough about the industry that he's professional, but he does have that uh, outside, you know. Yeah. Like, kind of, they all kind of have that thing where they're trying to screw the, the big guy a little bit. Except for maybe the actual two younger guys. I can't remember what their names are. Yeah, I, I can't um, remember either. But, oh, by the way? Yes. Inside Job. Oh, yeah. Uh, the I've heard documentary. of that. I've heard of that. I heard it's an yeah. amazing documentary. Cool. People should definitely check that out. I probably would rather watch that than this, honestly. But Ryan Gosling is the guy who, like, makes the magic happen, I guess. Right? He's the one that kind of, at least with Steve Carell, gets him into putting the money, betting against it, almost. Yeah. Well, Christian Bale's character literally invents what all these people do. Mm -hmm. Or at least he's the first person to actually, they were just like... He essentially knows all these loans are bad, so what he's doing is betting against... He's betting for the banks to essentially fail on all these things, which is absolutely absurd at the time. But the banks are so greedy that they agree to it. And then, it, yeah, that starts the basis of what everyone else does. Yeah, exactly. See, for me, this movie, the plot was pretty hard to follow, even though they dumb it down a lot. Like, they'll... Do meta like things. Like celebrity Yeah, things. like have um, a girl from Wolf of Wall Street in a tub explaining something. <laughs> yeah. Selena Gomez at a uh, roulette table trying to explain things. And Anthony Bourdain or whatever. Or they'll have Ryan Gosling talk directly to the camera. Like, this is not exactly how it happened, but, you know, it's a movie. you got to show it in a different yeah. way. I actually and like then, that part, but... And then there's parts that they're like, actually, this really happened. Yeah, believe it or not. yelling at the convention. Yeah. He really did that. And he, he, he took the call, too. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. I like that kind of stuff. But uh, it was a little over my head, even with all the, you know, trying to layman term everything and walk you through it. I, yeah. I, didn't, um, I don't exactly have the, the rundown. I already knew a decent amount about the whole subject. Like, uh, actually, that documentary does a really good job of explaining it mm -hmm. in more detail. But I do think the movie did a really good job explaining an extremely complicated thing. And it's still being entertaining, essentially. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't fully explain it, but, I mean, they you get the gist of it. It's just so blatant, and it was... Basically, how it all worked was just sort of so obvious it was like camouflage or something. Like, yeah, it's crazy when the stripper's like, "Yeah, I've got three houses," or whatever she says. Yeah. Um, and for Adam McKay directing it, a comedic director, mostly he's known for before this, and a lot of people said this was like a dramedy. There was supposed to be a lot of comedy to it. Do you think it was? Uh, successful in that room because i kind of didn't i didn't think it was as funny as i thought it was um 
No, I, I mean, I overall enjoyed it. I, this is a really, really dry and boring subject that they're trying to explain to people. Like, yeah, like they like, even say it at some part in the movie. It's long and complicated and boring on purpose. Like, yeah, but that's like why how, I wish there was some more visual pizzazz. Like, it feels like it's trying to be the Wolf of Wall Street. Like, I would have liked to seen more. I don't know. You could make it more fun, like the Wolf of Wall Street. It it failed at that, I think. Like with the camera, you could do certain things, or I don't know. I don't know what they could do, but for me, it was it was boring and bland. And the little things they were trying to do wasn't quite enough to get me super into it. Yeah, I thought they could have done more, or at least better, of the you know, like the celebrity things. Maybe not necessarily in that exact format. But um, I do think what this film was trying to not do is um, I'll use hacker movies as an example. Hacking is extremely non-visual. Yeah, like, uh, it's always like, terrible represented on film. Yeah, it's always... They act, movies always show it like they have some crazy, beautifully interfaced program that does all these things automatically yeah. while they jam away on a keyboard. And the technology is what, always completely outdated by the second the movie comes out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think what these people essentially do is just like make a phone call or push a button on a computer to do all these things. I think that's what they were kind of trying to not do. But I don't know. I do agree with you. This is not a perfect movie. It wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. There's just something that was missing about this movie to really bring it all yeah. together. Yeah, I do agree with that. It felt a little disjointed. I don't know if maybe if it's it was nominated for best editing. I don't know if that's if that seems right to me because I don't agree with that at yeah. all. Cause I mean, honestly, I would say it almost seemed like it was kind of quickly edited so it could get out for. You know, Award season. Oscar season or whatever. Because yeah, it did feel like, I don't know, choppy. It, was, it wasn't always fluid in how it transitioned from one person to the next. And another thing, like, I don't know who you're rooting for here because I don't think any of the people are likable, at least to me. I wasn't like, you don't want to, you're rooting for them, but they're rooting for the whole thing to crash. Uh, yeah. Neither like nobody's normal. Like Steve Carell and the wigs. Like it's hard to even get behind the wigs, the hair that's yeah. going on. I think Christian Bale is the only one you little bit. Yeah. Maybe the young guys a little bit, but I kind of didn't care about them too much. Mm-hmm. The movie doesn't really do a whole lot with them. They're that's just. True. I feel yeah, like yeah. they really got crammed into the story just because. It, I guess if you put in perspective in real life, they, it is kind of amazing. Mm-hmm. They didn't work for like a big firm or nothing like yeah. that. And when I'm saying there's no likable characters, here it's a bad way. Like there are movies where there are no likable characters, and we'll get to one in the future where it's like yeah. it doesn't matter. It's still super interesting in their own way. But for this, it was like they weren't interesting enough to make up for the fact that they weren't very likable to me. And, I gotcha. Yeah. 
Let's see. I think I had, and yeah, the last thing, and I'm saying a lot of negatives. That's just what's sticking out. It was there was plenty that I liked about the movie as well, but it felt a little preachy, even if it's right about everything. You know, it just came across as like, let me or pan like a uh, not pandering, uh, like making fun of the audience, like knowing that talking down to you, like yeah. A little bit. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. I for me, this movie had a lot of good things going for it, but the thing that was missing was the I don't know what you call it, like the broth of the soup. Like it had a lot of good ingredients, but pretty good analogy right there. So, and that's a pretty important thing to be missing. Yeah, and the carrot to potato ratio was way off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to think, like, the things I liked about it were just the performances overall. Like, I thought everyone in it was pretty good, you know, given everything. How would you rank, like, the four main big actors as far as performance? Performance wise? um... I mean, Christian Bale was the only one nominated. Do you think that's fair? See, I'm not sure because, like, I think Ryan Gosling's character is more interesting. But I don't know. Yeah, but he kind of had the easy, uh, that's probably the easiest part. He kind of had the easiest character in that sense, you know. Exactly. I I don't know. I wouldn't disagree with it, but, I mean, even as weird as the character Christian Bale has, he doesn't really do a lot in the movie. Yeah, it's true. I guess no one really does. I mean, for all these people to be leading people, their screen time isn't amazing. Yeah, I'd probably put Brad Pitt at four, Steve Carell at three, Christian Bale at two, and Ryan Gosling at one. I just think he injects a lot of charisma into his his role. And he, If anyone yeah. is funny, I think it's him. Especially when he's in yeah. the bathroom and he's like trying to kick everyone out when he's having <laughs> important phone call. That was actually pretty good. <clears throat> and there's one guy that's still there at the end, and he's like, yeah. what did you hear? <laughs> I, I would pretty much say the same thing. Um, yeah. Brad Pitt. Uh, I might have Steve Carell at two, but I don't know. I didn't like his character the most, for the most part. He was a really obnoxious person. Just, like, literally, just an obnoxious person. <laughs> And as far as screenplay, one best adapted screenplay, I would have been fine with it being nominated because it is pretty clever and turning it like a, just an informational book immersed into something that is works as a movie. Uh, but I don't know if it should have won. I I can't recall what it was nominated up against off the top of my head. But yeah, uh, let's see, nineteen twenties. Okay. Thanks, Wikipedia. Thanks a whole bunch. <laughs> I was up against Brooklyn, Carol, The Martian, and Room. I was never beating The Martian. Yeah, I probably would give it to The Nor Martian Room. Room, but I'm fine with it being nominated. Yeah. What right. are you going to do? Yeah, so right. I, I would give it a 6 out of 10. Just felt six. like it was a little below par, but... 
nothing wrong with it necessarily. Um, I'll give it a solid seven. Cool. Um, and I can understand. I think people could definitely go either way with our scores, but like if you're halfway interested in the subject matter, I think you'll like it that much more. Yeah, probably because I'm just ignorant <laughs> on the matter. And yeah, it's not really up my alley either. But it, I was actually thinking about that watching the movie. Like I could see why someone would be bored of watching this movie. Yeah, and also. It'd be a pretty good double feature with 99 Homes to get the other side of the coin. Yeah. Uh, which I greatly prefer 99 Homes, but could be interesting. Let's move right. on to top five Ryan Gosling movies. The man, Alrighty. the myth, the legend. Uh, one of my favorite actors. <laughs> uh, you know, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse all the way to the big short. <laughs> I just think he's legitimately a great actor, first and foremost. Maybe he can be a little one-dimensional at times, but I think this, like a movie like The Big Short shows that he can just let his charisma take over. And even like the documentary I watched a month ago, Seducing Abandoned, where it's just Alec Baldwin talking to him about the business in an interview style, like showed that he's just a cool guy who is good at acting and he and he does that yeah and i think there's plenty of actors out there that are good enough to be like that like that movie wasn't that good but bill murray's awesome yeah you know what I, I mean? think he is kind of like that even like gangster squad it's my least favorite movie he's made but he was probably my favorite part of that movie the notebook yeah is borderline unwatchable but he does a pretty good job in it you know <laughs> <laughs> but what is your number five of all time? My number five is kind of a filler. Blue Valentine. <laughs> Blue Valentine. I never really watched the whole thing. Or you know, Actually, you know what? It's going to be Gangster Squad because I just realized I was thinking of uh, Powder Blue. <laughs> a completely like different movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gangster Squad. It should be a really awesome movie, but it's terrible. Oh, yeah. But like, like you said, I, I like some of the individual performances in the movie. Yeah. I mean, Gangster Squad makes... Um, what's the Johnny Depp movie we just reviewed? Black Mass look like The Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's a damn shame this movie is so bad. It really cool. is. Topic. Great cast. The gangsters in Hollywood yeah. in the 50s or 60s or whatever. No way it should be that? as bad as it is. <laughs> but my number five is Crazy Stupid Love. It's actually, it sounds and looks on paper like a traditional crappy romantic comedy, but to me, it, I was probably my biggest surprise in theaters, maybe ever, going in just. Uh, on a date night, like with my wife, or at the time, girlfriend Sam, and yeah, this looks interesting. Got Steve Carell, blew me away. I loved it. <laughs> I think it's a great it's my comedy. Number four. Is it really nice? Yeah. So you agree? I do. Yeah, I just thought it had way more heart and comedy than I would have expected. It almost felt like a Judd Apatow movie, even though it's not. Yeah, uh, I saw this movie like after. 
people kind of were like, you'd be surprised. So I went in a little bit like, I guess I expected a little bit more. Yeah. But it's still a decent movie. I would agree. And my no- I guess my number four then <laughs> is Half Nelson from 2006, directed by the guy who made uh, Mississippi Grind. Which oh, okay. did we review that or did I just talk about that? I can't remember. I just know of that. I didn't. Yeah. I don't think I reviewed that one. But yeah, that's a great movie. And so it was Half Nelson, where he Ryan Nelson, uh, Ryan Nelson, Ryan Gosling plays a teacher in like the inner city, I believe, and he's addicted to drugs. Uh, and just on paper, that sounds like half of the movies that come out about teachers. But okay. it is really good. It's probably the best of that genre that I've yeah, seen. Yeah, I've heard of the movie before. I didn't know what it was about. Yeah. He's actually like a really good teacher, but he's hooked on drugs, and you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would highly recommend it if, no one has seen, if anyone hasn't seen that. What's your number three? My number three is... Drive. Nice. I remember, I think you recommended it to me before we did the podcast. Oh, yeah. It's in my top ten of all time. And it's one of those movies I had to watch a few times just because I was, whatever, just, I would watch it and fall asleep because I was tired or this, this, and that. So, a little foggy on it, but I do remember I enjoyed it. Yes. How could you not? We'll get to that. My number three is The Place Beyond the Pines uh, by Derek. I really want to see this movie. Oh, my, you haven't? Oh, you still haven't seen it. It's amazing. Uh, Derek C. M. France directed it. It's an epic following the life of uh, Ryan Gosling's character where he's basically a con artist, bank robber, just, you know... Yeah, kind when I went through his IMDb page, I was mad that I hadn't seen it, actually. It's, he's kind of a nomad, and the first third centers around him of the movie. The second third jumps in time, forward in time, and follows Bradley Cooper's police officer character. And then the third part of the movie jumps ahead in time and follows both of their kids and what's going on with them. And I, It's an awesome epic. Ben Mendelsohn is in it, plays a great role. Um... Yeah, the scope just comes across on such a small scale story, but they really, it's almost like Godfather esque in the way, the, like Godfather 2, the way they can have three separate style stories but have it so connected and feel so big, even though it's yeah. only affecting the lives of select people. I would highly recommend it. Nice. For show. My number two is Remember the Titans. Yes, I don't mention for me. Very young. Um, I don't know. Uh, I guess I just have good memories. I remember going... I can't remember if I went with my brothers or not. I guess I did. Them and my mom and saw it in theaters, actually. 
I remember loving it at that time. I was a little oh, bit younger. Great kids' sports movie for sure. But uh, I do agree that looking back on it, it's aged. Maybe I've aged a bit, <laughs> <laughs> and it is very Disney. Yeah, it's a cool story. Yeah. Pretty good movie. You got the great soundtrack. You got Denzel Washington. Is Ryan Gosling Sunshine? Is that who he's playing? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> well, yeah, it's pretty pretty good movie. <laughs> I haven't watched it in quite a while, but I remember "Ain't No Mountain High Enough" being on the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. My number two is much darker film. It is Blue Valentine, the movie you briefly mentioned earlier. Also, almost dr- made my school. Almost made my list, <laughs> except I hadn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Derek C. M. France again, the same guy that made The Place Beyond the Pines. And this is a movie where it's split in half, but not like it doesn't go chronological. It kind of goes back and forth between the past and the present. But half of it was shot when, uh, when they were normal, how the, uh, Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams normally would look. And it, they filmed it like the, the courting process and then falling in love and becoming a great couple. And then I think they took like a month off where they could gain weight and make themselves look as bad as possible. <laughs> and then they filmed the second half, which was them like falling apart and just miserable married couple and hate each other. And then it's back and forth throughout the movie. And it's pretty devastating <laughs> to see Jeez. how you have all this hope. And like every at the start of every relationship, oh, this is the, so perfect, blah, blah, blah. And, and here's where it ends up. Not a wow. great date movie, but <laughs> a great movie movie. It's my number two. Very nice. I'll definitely see that, though. Yes, yes. Um, My number one is... Sorry for the lack of content on my part. It's a big short. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. So you can re- at least respect that beat out Remember the Titans, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mad respect. <laughs> for sure. My number one, of course, is Drive. I think that's pretty predictable. But like I said, one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Just like one of the coolest movies I've ever seen. Uh if we were doing a top five opening scenes ever, it would probably be up there as well when he takes the job to uh, be the getaway driver for these uh, thieves and he's escaping the cops and it's this awesome car chase. Just so cool. So cool. Love yeah. the score, the cinematography, everything. I, uh, I'll have to go back and watch this movie like sit down and actually pay attention to it oh yeah and one of the great villains two great villains but one especially it's so so good i could watch it over and over it's one of those movies but see now that you're explaining it i remember i went up and like made food or something when the movie came on and then every time i watched it thereafter i would always skip the beginning okay the beginning is the best now that you mention it i i did hear it had like an awesome Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) My honorable mention, since I'm sure you don't have any. No. (laughs) Was 
Lars in The Real Girl, which is where he plays this really weird dude who orders a, you know, a real girl doll and falls in love with it and thinks it's real life. Wow. Uh, and his, like, brother and his and his wife, who he lives in, like, their uh, just smaller little living space outside of their house. They have to deal with him. And it's surprisingly funny and, and good movie, for sure. Also, The Ides of March, a political movie where him and George Clooney are in it. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is in it. I think Paul Giamatti might be in it. Uh, It's not great, but it's a lot of fun. Also, The Believer, where he plays a Jewish Nazi. That's a pretty interesting movie. Well made. Wow. Never (laughs) heard of that uh, one. Only God Forgives, which was directed by... The same guy that made Drive, Nicholas Winding Refn. Not as good coming off of that, but a lot of interesting stuff there, just visually. and it, it, I could see how someone could think it was boring, but for me, I, there was a lot to like. So that's my top four. Have nice. you watched anything else recently before we wrap this puppy up? Um... I haven't been watching a lot, but I did rewatch We Were Soldiers. Oh, I remember liking that movie quite a bit. Yeah, actually, I now that I think about it, I actually saw it in the movie theaters. Which yeah, me too. It's really cool. Um, it, looking back, probably the last great war movie made. Oh come on, Tropic Thunder. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't. I think Black Hawk Down is older than that, but. If it's not, then Black Hawk Down is. Um, not that there hasn't been good war movies, but you know, there's epics like Saving Private Ryan or whatever, or even Band of Brothers for that matter. Yeah. But what a I love Vietnam. I wish they made more Vietnam movies about like the actual war, not just. But I love that era and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's good at. I didn't realize how many actors are in it. Like, it has a... What's the guy's name? Something Ham. The guy, Don Draper. John Ham. John Ham. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> it's the one guy that plays the sniper in Save Private Ryan. I don't yeah, know what his name yeah. is. I know who you mean, though. Iconic face. And, uh, yeah, a handful of guys. So, seems to be the case with those war movies. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched a movie. Star right. Wars The Force Awakens. Very nice. Yeah. I actually, now you say it, I, I watched that a few days ago myself. Yeah, watched it on Blu-ray. It just hit Netflix. Not Netflix, Jesus. Uh, Red, <laughs> our sponsor, Redbox. Um, and it holds up for me. I mean, I enjoyed it just as much as the first time. Everything that I loved about it, I still love. Nitpicks were still nitpicks, but didn't bother me at all. <laughs> Uh, I actually uh, I enjoyed it a little bit more. Nice, awesome. I think it's just how I watch movies. So I like the, uh, the first time I watch a movie, I try not to put too much thought into it and just go with the ride. Yeah. And then like the second time around, I more absorb things and so. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change my score or anything like that. Yeah, me. I'm still like a nine out of ten. But uh, great opening scene, like. 
there are certain moments that just stand out as awesome still, even months away from it. I, I still stand by second best Star Wars movie ever made. Yeah, it's definitely... It's an amazingly fun ride of a movie, adventure kind of a movie, but it's not... It doesn't have a ton of depth to it. It's yeah, more... It's, for me, it's... This the, is Star Wars, we're back. Like, it's the new characters all the way for me that do it. Like, I'm yeah. invested in these guys immediately, which is hard to do when it's such an iconic franchise. And you would think coming in, you just want to see the old people come back and, like, get reinvested in them. But no, like, the new guys, that's, that's all I want. Get rid of the old people. Let's move, move forward with the new guys. <laughs> Yeah, and it's it's awesome how they did that. I mean, they still brought them back, but yeah. they didn't invest in them, and that was a great decision. Yeah. This just this whole movie was definitely to put confidence back in the franchise. Like, be like, all right, we bought this franchise. We're going to take care of it. We're going to prove it to you in this movie, and then mm-hmm. obviously they're going to do more and more. But uh, even like the the special effects are awesome. Oh yeah. The balance between practical and CG, and the fact that the lightsabers actually put off light now, just like little things like that, I think go a long way. Yeah, and I don't know if it's just me, but it seems like they put more work in on uh, Snopes. Is that his name? Uh, CGI. Like, he looked better for some reason on the Blu-ray than he did in the theaters. I don't know if that's just... I agree with that. I don't know if it's because I saw it in 3D or... Yeah, exactly. Or maybe I'm just thinking it was worse than it actually was at the time, but it just seemed like they yeah. put a few more renders on it than than they had time for. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't know if they actually did or not, or if it was just I was more invested in kind of like looking at him. Yeah, I was I was trying to pay attention to see like. What I guess I thought he was going to be in the movie more the first go around. I'm glad he's not though. To be yeah, I do too. I, and it's a literal like uh, whatever you call it to the first movie where you don't even know the emperor exists right. until yeah exactly. And it's the same thing, a big hologram. Yeah. So. Did you want to talk about White Bird in a Blizzard or a documentary now? Um, I don't know. I was wondering if we were going to do any of these on the other I was saying we'll dump them all here so we can... Okay. <laughs> Whatever that movie's called. White Bird in a Blizzard. <laughs> Shailene Woodley okay. and Eva Green. My... We were... Uh, <sighs> I was very confused on it when we were first talking about it. Yeah. Eva Green. Anything with Eva Green, I want to hear about it. <laughs> this is the most disappointing. Well, not not literally, but <laughs> she has to play like a mom. I guess at some point she's probably supposed to be in her fifties or sixties and all haggard and like smoker's voice and stuff like that. Impossible. Does her no justice, but she's still smoking hot. Awesome. <laughs> um, it's a movie. About how I can't really remember what the main character's name or anything is, but the daughter of the family, it's a kind of messed up family, and it starts with showing how much of a bitch her mom is. Eva Green. And yeah, she's like really mean to her dad and all that, and 
You see, like, long story short, her mom goes missing at some point. And her dad takes it really bad. He basically, he's, they don't really show him having a mental breakdown, but that's sort of the gist you could get from it. And the daughter, she's kind of like, I mean, she's concerned for her mom, but at the same time, her mom was kind of a terrible person, so she was like, whatever. Yeah. She just ran away or something like that. Interesting how different reactions, even though both were wrong. Yeah. So the movie sort of hints. You almost kind of get the vibe that maybe she had something to do with it, Hmm. which really as the movie goes on, it just kind of naturally becomes, uh, she's just like bitter. But... I can't. Re- I don't really want to spoil the movie, but there's this whole thing around her boyfriend and her dad, and they do flashbacks with her mom, and it's one of those movies that, after it's over and you know everything that went on, all the little details that happen in the movie are like, oh my god, like it's the whole thing's sort of hiding in plain sight, and I really did enjoy it. Uh, I don't agree with my brother that it was all these amazing twists. Your brother being Brooks Fallon, co-host of the Red Belt Report. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's a UFC critic. There's a reason he's uh, talking fights and not movies. At the <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was a pretty good movie. I'd probably give it a... I'd give it a light seven, but it was an nice. enjoyable movie. Cool, cool. What about documentary now? Just real quick, uh, the... I think is it an original series on Netflix or is it just being replayed on there? I think it's like a Showtime okay. or maybe I don't know which channel it came on, but I don't think it's a Netflix original. Okay, um, but they they got it now. There's, that's probably where most people will be able to see it. It's a uh, one of the guys from the Office. Is it the guy from Portlandia? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And basically, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't forget. really like that show that much. So I never even seen it, but I just know the two main characters. I tried to watch like three or four episodes on Netflix, and I it wasn't for me. But anyway, it's a, a show that is very much like from the beginning of every episode. They try to make it out to be almost like one of those PBS shows that have been on for since the dawn of. TV, uh-huh. and it's supposed to revisit classic documentaries. So all these episodes are essentially spoofs. It's, they're mockumentaries of the documentaries. And uh, just for example, the one was about a famous black and white documentary. I think what it's famous for is he actually put the cameras on sleds and like followed the people like they actually use moving cameras and stuff nice. so it's about them going to eskimo country to make a documentary about eskimos but the real eskimos all leave when they get there so they use this guy who's like mentally ill like a man <laughs> he has no idea how to be an eskimo so they're like it goes on and on and basically something happens where the director loses control of the film <laughs> to the Eskimo guy who has gotten a big head. The director goes crazy and disappears to his, um, what's his name from Mad Men? Don Draper? Uh, not Don Draper, but his 
the guy with the gray hair. Yeah, the guy <laughs> from Spotlight. Yeah. He's the director in this. And basically, the Eskimo just ends up being a natural director. Like the, and the whole time, it's narrated by the guy who was doing the camera. And he makes all these funny quips, and he's just like... He thought he's so, so innovative. I was so happy to be involved in this thing, but he was an idiot. And... Eventually, he's like, we got to really bring this movie together. we got to film this crazy blizzard out actually in the blizzard. And he was like, you're crazy. You're going to die. So he went out of the blizzard. We never saw him again. We never <laughs> found the film on him. And then he, So he brings the film back, and he finds the director <clears throat> freaking uh, like begging for change at the port. He was like... I gotta show him this film that he made. He was like, it's so innovative, it brings you t to tears and all. And he goes, throw it all away. We're showing the original film. He's like, so that's what I did. We we burned all that. <laughs> it's a shame. It was it was a terrible documentary or something. <laughs> and I don't know. It's it's really funny. Awesome. Right. His every episode. Not all the episodes are quite up to snuff. Nice, but, but it's worth checking out. Yeah, for sure. Cool, cool. Well, I got a couple of things I can go through real quick. I watched Carol, the critically acclaimed lesbian drama starring a romantic uh, movie starring Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara as the said lovers and Kyle Chandler as Kate Blanchett's husband. Um, it's it's very deserving of its praise. It's very well made, very well done. Uh, looks great, sounds great, like the score is good, the cinematography is beautiful. Uh, performances are excellent. Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara both deserving of Oscar nominations. I think. Wow. I can't. I think, yeah, I think they both got nominated. Um, yeah, really? But the movie didn't grab me like I thought it would. Um, I still liked it, enjoyed watching it quite a bit, but it's not going to crack my top 10 or anything like that. I'll probably give it. Seven and a half. You know, I'd recommend it if if it sounds like it'll be interesting to you. It probably will. It's worth worth seeing, but not like going out of your way for necessarily, in yeah. my opinion. But a lot of people, it was it, may, it was number one on a lot of end of year lists. Just saying. Oh, okay. Uh, Watch the Peanuts movie, the new Charlie Brown right. adaptation, the uh, <clears throat> animated movie. Updated animation since the uh, comic strip, obviously. <laughs> or the uh, the great pumpkin movie that is always playing on TV. Um, it's a perfectly fine like <laughs> reintroduction of these characters to a much younger audience. Like Mackenzie liked it quite a bit. She enjoyed it. I thought it was fine. It was it was if you like peanuts, you like this. Not doing anything necessarily new or innovative, but it's it is what it is. It's well done. Yeah, I never liked the Peanuts. Like as a kid, I always was like, "Oh, Snoopy!" Like and just mm -hmm. by, like, I was going to say notoriety, but just I don't know. Like, I'd be excited to see it, and I remember always being disappointed after I saw anything to do with the Peanuts. Like, I don't <laughs> I, know why. Just yeah. I was never a huge fan. I mean, I liked them enough. I read the comic strips here and there. Uh, 
I've seen some of the movies. It wasn't like Calvin and Hobbes for me, or or nah. I'm trying to think of another cartoon. Like even um, the like How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the animated movie I probably liked better than Peanuts Christmas yeah. movie or whatever. But yeah, I'm still in that realm where it's like I feel bad for Charlie Brown. <laughs> Everyone hates him. <laughs> He's nothing ever goes his way. So I guess it's kind of relatable in that sense, but. Yeah, it was interesting. Uh, Let's see. I watched Network, the classic '70s movie about. It's almost like a parody of just where network television was going at the time, and how this guy, this newscaster on air, says, "I'm going to kill myself on air this time next week. Tune in," and the ratings spike. Blah 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 blah. So he gets fired, and then like the ratings come out. It was the highest rated. uh, broadcast ever of all time so they bring him back and he like just for the ratings even though he's this lunatic <laughs> uh, it's pretty good it's pretty good uh i'll give that a solid solid seven and a half out of ten as well also watched classic the treasure of the sierra madre with humphrey bogart it's like a adventure film um it was okay <laughs> i don't really have a whole lot to say about it but a lot of people love it. I thought it was like a six and a half out of ten or so. Jeez. And I finished Daredevil season two. Uh, Ooh. I'd say it's How'd... a little bit better than season one. Uh, I thought the first, like it started off a little slow like I was telling, telling you before. First three episodes I liked but didn't love. And then the last three episodes I liked but didn't love. But the meat of the sandwich was amazing. Like episode, the seven episodes in the middle, four through ten or whatever, were probably the best the show's ever been. It's, yeah, I don't want to ruin a surprise that comes in, in there. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen any more since uh, we last. Yeah, but yeah, Punisher and Elektra continue to be great. I just thought at the end it was honestly too much action, too much ninja stuff. I'd rather yeah. see more character development and like uh, plot advancement, but it still was really good. Like the show is is awesome, and I can't wait to continue watching the Marvel Netflix stuff for sure. Cool. That's all I got. So, all right. Thanks for listening to this abbreviated episode. We'll have reviews for Steve Jobs coming up. Spotlight, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part Two, The Hateful Eight, Creed. And a little something called Movie Madness that you'll have to <laughs> stick around to see so, that experiment. So stay tuned. It's yes. Gonna... And as always, madness. you can email us, theredboxreport at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at theredboxreport. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. I'm on Twitter at Redbox Reporter. You got it. Like us on Facebook. <laughs> Subscribe, <laughs> rate, and review us on iTunes if you wouldn't mind. And find us anywhere you can find podcasts for the most part. And we'll catch you later. Yeah. That's Redbox Reporter without a question mark. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. <laughs> Thanks Bye-bye. for listening. Yes. <laughs>
behind your own life Get behind the driving wheel And go Just go Since out of high school I dropped I see 